0: You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Um, I, I just want to say this. This podcast, we're going to talk about why theology matters. Why theology matters because 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but have it having itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. Um, this last week, there was a, an event that took place and it was a, it was a pride event. And I I don't even want to address that because I had a sermon. If you want to go listen to that sermon, I addressed it in my sermon. Um, here's what I want to address primarily. The female who is calling herself a pastor and speaking authoritatively on biblical issues. Um, that's where I, I'm having having a problem um this woman who's who is a pastor here in Oklahoma um and I use that listen I'm not using that in an authoritative pattern because she's not a genuine real pastor she might lead a group of people but this is not a biblical group of Christ honoring people how can I say that because of her language and how she communicates as to what uh, she's celebrating she's celebrating sexual deviancy she's celebrating um she is celebrating what god says is wicked and you could you can look at romans chapter 1 where god expressly calls the sin of sodom homosexuality a, a sin and and anyone that celebrates that should be punished as well according to romans chapter 1 you have to read it in context and understand that so this woman takes out an article in the paper and talks about The event saying that it's a a fun, colorful celebration and expression of diversity, inclusion, and love. That is, you're you're included as long as you are an ally or affirming of sexual sin. As long as you're okay with sexual sin and the okaying of sexual sin. If you're participating and okaying sexual sin, you will be included in this event of love. And so she says that the church I serve at is, and the people that go there are being criticized for doing so. So far, I've been called a heretic and an apostate. So let me just say this: if you teach something that is counter-biblical, anti-biblical, not taught in the scriptures, you will be called a heretic. People like Joel Osteen, I call them heretics because he teaches things that are not in the text. He teaches the, he teaches about things that are. Not in the text. Kenneth Copeland, all these prosperity gospel guys—I call them heretics. This woman, I'm calling a heretic because she is teaching something that is against the biblical narrative. Now, not only that, she says she's gone on to say that I'm an apostate. There, she says that people are calling her an apostate. I will say yes and amen to that because if you go further and not only teach things that are not against, or that are not in the text, but things that are expressly commanded not to be partaken in i.e. homosexuality yes you're you're teaching from an apostate standpoint so yes you are an apostate and how could i say that even further because here's what you said about the bible about the bible i'm this is a quote I'm not going to talk about specific verses because I don't have the space to do so, but I am going to talk about biblical interpretation. Now, this is where you get into dangerous ground, when people start saying, well, this is what the Bible says to me. This is what it says to me. No, the Bible says what it says, and you can't make it say something it doesn't mean. So, she's talking about biblical interpretation. and, And it goes, it is important to understand that everybody who reads the Bible interprets it. Even those people who claim it should be understood as the quote-unquote literal infallible word of God. That too is an interpretation, interpretational choice. Okay, so here's why I call her an apostate. She is calling into, into question the infallible and inerrancy, the literal infallible inerrancy of God's word. So in essence, she's saying that God's word is not infallible it's actually fallible she's not saying that it's the literal word of god it's just a paraphrase she's not saying that this she's saying that the bible is not the actual infallible word of god she that's this is what she says That, too, is an interpretation of choice. If we want to truly understand the Bible, we must understand the context in which it's written. For example, the primary concern of the lives in ancient Israel, in the Hebrew Bible and the Old Testament, was the survival of their people. Life expectancy was low, especially for women who often died while giving birth. Making more people was crucial. Same sex related activities that were not about procreation were a threat to the whole community. Not because they were morally wrong, but because those acts did not produce babies. What in the actual world is this woman saying? Read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God killed everyone in that city because of their lustful intentions not because they were trying to oh we're going to try to save and make more babies no there were men and women who were same-sex attracted in Sodom and Gomorrah in fact two angels show up at one point and go into Lot's house and in the midst of them being in Lot's house the crowd of men Gather in a mob mentality screaming give us the men that are in your house we want to know them in other words we want to have sex with them we want to rape them we want to do things that are vile and nasty we want to have sexual perverse sex with those men that came into your house lot instead of standing up against this says you can have my daughters instead What? and then all of a sudden the angels come out and they blind everyone and they take Lot and his family, and they go, and sulfur pours down from the sky and destroys Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sexual perverseness. That's where it starts. And as a result of the sexual perverseness, everything else was there too. Greed, amorous, just, just evil things, horrible things, just horrific things. So this woman has a not just wrong view of scripture, but a wicked view of Scripture. The Bible doesn't teach, for example, that the Old Testament Israelites, um, they didn't have same-sex sex because, well, they're trying to make babies. Y- lady, you're out of line and you, are a, you, need, you need to be saved. You don't even believe the Bible. You're not even teaching the Bible. And what I'm terrified for you is that the wrath of God is being stored up for people like this. Um golly let's keep reading because by the time the new testament authors were writing the early followers of jesus were less concerned about increasing the numbers and more concerned with the greek culture in which they were immersed okay that no the primary thing there is the god said this is what you're supposed to do And they were being consistent with the biblical narrative, even in the New Testament, because it carried over from the Old Testament. Listen, I know that there were men in the Bible who had multiple wives. That was not a thing that was permitted by God. Men still had depraved, wicked hearts, and they had multiple wives. There were consequences to that. There were problematic issues for that. Look at David's life. Because David wanted more than one woman, it caused a lot of problems. Read first and second Samuel. It caused him all kinds of problems. Look at Jacob. He had two wives. Look at all the problems that he had there. Look at the, the issues of, of life because of his desire to want something sexually as his forefront. It was problematic issues. There were, there were issues there. God never said, you know what? It's okay this time. You can do it. He never okayed that. Those men were still in sin over that. That's still a sinful thing. All right, let's keep going. Of course, there was a lot more to say about interpretation, but at this point, we, we must understand the context in which the biblical texts were written. We can better understand the text and consider what they mean for us today. In her academic document, What the Bible Says and Doesn't Say About Homosexuality, Reverend Dr. Lisa davidson of phillips phillips theological seminary so here's oh my gosh so this is where we've got this insanity coming from we've got theological seminaries pumping out this progressive liberal anti-biblical anti-christ rhetoric let's read this is what this woman writes the threats that exist for ancient israel and the early church We're not what threaten today's world and church. We face possible extinction, not due to lack of procreation, but because of the overpopulation. Overpopulation is not a real thing. Have you ever been to Wyoming? Have you ever been to Montana? Have you ever been to Colorado? Overpopulation is not a... You could fit, seriously, you could fit the entire population of the entire earth and they would still have room to move around without being massively impeded upon in the state of texas you could put the entire population of the world and we would still have room to move overpopulation is once again a liberal psychotic thing that is being pumped out by progressive the progressive left and this woman is trying to use and go through a theological lens to say that this is what the problem is procreation is not what causes the problems in our world today it's overpopulation so what we need oh my gosh overpopulation so the christian faith is no longer a minority voice especially in the united states just as the biblical texts were written in certain historical contexts we must uh, interpret them today within our own contemporary world. That's lunacy. What the scriptures meant in the day of Jesus, in the day of Moses, is what they mean today. Like scripture doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. God's word doesn't change with the time so that you can, oh, it's just an old fashioned book. We got to figure out a new way to make this. This is what we've done when we don't believe. The biblical narrative, we we pump out this trash that says, "Well, we've got to come up with our own interpretation for for today. We got to come up with our own interpretations for the day." The twenty okay, I'm going to keep reading. The 21st century in 21st century Bartlesville, Oklahoma, the LGBT community is not a threat to anyone. Well, okay, maybe I, I know some people that are in the community that are nice. But listen, there's also pedophiles in this thing. Listen, you think I'm joking. I was there. The, the, the lewdness, the filthiness, and these children singing songs about pride, singing songs about inclusiveness and, and diversity and, and equity and all this stuff that, that just made me made my skin crawl because what we're doing is we're grooming these children to believe and, and think that sexual deviancy and sexual immorality is good. That's what we're trying to teach, and we've got theological leaders standing on the platform saying that these things are good, right, and normal. When the scripture gives us very clear indications that homosexuality is an abomination. Like, it's very clear, and people say, well, Caleb, you're hateful, and you're mean, you've got rhetoric that's really horrible. No, I'm just stating what the scripture says. I'm just stating that the Bible says that this is what is this is the truth and so we've got people saying well this is not a threat Yet, yeah, it is it's a threat to the moral fabric of our world that we believe in such a way that, that 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 sex outside of the covenant bonds of one man and one woman in the marriage bed is normal natural and good that that is a threat to the society it is scripture tells us in ephesians chapter 5 read ephesians chapter 5 verse 5 start, we'll start in verse 15. Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your days or your time because the days are evil. And if you read Ephesians chapter 5 in context, we're talking about sexual immorality. Let's go up to verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving for you may be sure of this one thing. Everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, which is idolatry has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and in God. Let no one deceive you with their empty words for because of these things the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are you are light to the Lord. I'm sorry you are light and in the Lord walk as children of the light. Okay, so this is this is the idea here is that there's not to be any sexual immorality in you. You should not partake in these things. Verse 11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, remember, this is in context of sexual immorality. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them for it is shameful to speak of even to even speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is in is anything is exposed. By the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and let Christ shine on you. So, for this woman to say, listen, there's nothing in the Bible that says it's, there's anything wrong with homosexuality, transgenderism, lesbianism, bi, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to call it. The scriptures are very clear that immorality is wrong. The only type of sex that is allowed by God is in the covenantal parameters of marriage between one man and one woman, period. The scriptures are very clear that it is husband and wife. In fact, keep reading in Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay? Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself a savior. Okay, so there's nothing in the text that says Caleb and Steve can get married and have normal sex. It is one husband, one wife. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, it says that God created the male and female, and at the end of Genesis chapter 1, it says what? Or It says, uh, end of Genesis chapter 2, sorry, not Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 2, let the man cleave to his wife, leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife. Let the man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife. God gave us and this wasn't for procreation. The primary objective of sex is not for procreation because there's only one week during the month of a woman's cycle, the way she runs in her cycle in her in her reproductive system, there's one week out of 30 days where she can get pregnant. So the rest of the time, sex is designed by God for the husband and wife to enjoy it's a gift from god and what has satan done he's taken that gift that was made by god and twisted it and perverted it and turned it into this hellish monster i'm telling you we've got to pay attention if we don't we're going to wander off into myths this is why it is important in 2 timothy chapter 4 where paul tells timothy Listen, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead by his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrines, but will have itching ears and they will accumulate for themselves teachers who will suit their own passions. This is what this woman is. This woman is a teacher that is itching the ears, scratching the itch of these people who have this desire to chase after their own lusts. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a hellish reaping if we don't repent and we don't call these people out. So, wake up! It's time to wake up, folks, and see that this woman and people like her are heretics and apostates and they are not to be considered biblical preachers because they're not. They don't even believe the Bible. She just said in the article that... The infallibility and the inerrancy of Scripture is an interpretation of choice. Oh my goodness, how horrible is that? I'm telling you, we better wake up. So, what, how, how do we wake up to this? We expose it, we talk about it, and we preach the Word. We, we, we churches have got to preach the Word more. Pastors have got to stand up to this stuff. Stand in the pulpit and say, "Thus saith the Lord." Grow a spine, pastors and talk about these things. All right. Love y'all. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma that's been a business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer, clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting? Then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.